And then the enemy. What'd he do? Set me up. Oh, Slewfoot. Oh, Slewfoot devil. Set me up. And he said, Bring I'm moving into the Aggie Terrace. I said, oh, I'm at the Aggie Terrace. I said, where your apartment at? It was across the hall. You know that devil. You know what he was trying to do. And he got the victory. <laughs> he got the victory in that situation. But praise be to God. Praise be to praise him. Praise be to God. He you, did, you sanctified it. That's right. And he became my husband. That's right. <laughs> he became my husband. Yes. God. Hello, family, and thank you for tuning into the Fat Boy Joy Podcast. I am your host, the Fat Boy himself, Rod Butler. This podcast and platform was launched to be a resource of empowerment, motivation, and encouragement while pointing to Christ. The main objective of this podcast is to have and create conversations that consist of the battles and triumphs of daily life while also providing strategies to accomplish such. All that I do here on this podcast and platform is from love, always focusing on the scripture, Philemon 1 and 7. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. My prayer is after listening or watching today that you are refreshed. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen or even watch and be sure to like, share and subscribe. Family, what's going on? It is your boy, Fat Boy Joy Rob Buller. I am sitting here with Lady B, Elder Brittany, Brittany Smith. What else can we call you? Be the barber. Be, I like that. Be the barber. That's new. Did you step us on the spot? I kind of a little bit. <laughs> I used to say be the barber, make you holler, but I bet. <laughs> you don't want to say that when you're in somebody's in a barber chair. You don't, you don't want to be hollering. What they call you? Be the barber, make you holler. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No. No, I was, I was thinking, I was telling my kids, back in the day, I used to have a... Uh, I tried to come up with a nickname in kindergarten. Mm. Brit Brit. It didn't stick. What was your family nickname? I didn't have one. It was, it was Brittany. Always been Brittany. Really? No. Now, mm. I wanted a nickname so bad. I tried Jazzy. It ain't always a good thing. I tried Jazzy B. Jazzy B. Mine. That name. That didn't work. Mine was Butterbean. What? Because, I, you know, at the time, well, I was born back in the day, and it was a boxer called Butterbean out. He was a boxer. Oh, okay. And so. Hmm. Yeah, and I was a real fat, chunky baby, so okay. but it was Butterbean. Oh, Butterbean. Yeah, so I still have family there. So nicknames ain't always the best, Elder. No, you know what? Well, to God be the glory, I did not have one. Brittany is my name. Yeah. And some people call me Elder. I think that's what you call me. Elder, E-L-D-A. Uh-uh, with Elder. an A. With an A, not an E-L-D-A. Elder. But yes, so we are here, and we're talking about grief today and suffering loss. Yes. Um, And... When we was we've been talking like you know all week about you know um, your marriage you had a wonderful marriage married to a uh, to a wonderful husband of almost nine years yes. um, before um, the Lord transitioned him home and um, and you told me you had some songs and so we're going to talk about the soundtrack of loss I like that, and yes. um, how music in certain areas you know inspired you and empowered you to get through this this tough time of your life. Um, so where did you meet your husband? Let's let's find out about your marriage first before we just jump into the loss of it. So how did you meet your husband? Well, thank you for that. Um, you're right. I was married to a phenomenal man, and um, people love to make over somebody in their death and say, mm -hmm. "Oh, you know, they were uh, this great person and try to make them so they they get into heaven." But <laughs> but no, for real. On Earth, he really was legit a dope guy. He was the he was everybody's brother, mm -hmm. everybody's big brother. He was full of wisdom, full of kindness, um, was moved in hospitality, 
and he absolutely loved me as a wife. He yeah. loved me as Christ loved the church, and he was a fantastic father. So all these things that I'm saying are 100% genuine about the man, Kylon Stephen Smith Sr. And yes. I, not even being here for the time that you were married, can yes. attest that I've heard so many great stories about him, mm-hmm. um, not from you, but from people who've just had relationship with him over the years of how great of a person he was and uh, of, of a husband and father. So it's not just you saying it. It's being, you know, people that are saying things that are people people are saying behind your back and you know well, um that he's a a wonderful person and what a wonderful person he was they said he loved music they's like oh you would have loved him oh my god oh, y'all yeah. love y'all the dress y'all oh, love fashion. music oh, yeah so i've i've yes. heard i've heard great and excellent things about him and i wish i could have uh, yes. met him um yes. during my time here but um how do we get that? <laughs> yes <laughs> i just wanted to add to the you know the good things that people are saying about no, your I husband i appreciate that but i realized you know i was i realized that i didn't answer your question oh no you know yeah go ahead yeah. so how did y'all meet well i'm going to use the first track in this sound in this um soundtrack of loss beautiful surprise sing a little bit you want to sing a little bit um you are beautiful surprise. <clears throat> I've been singing in worship. That's right, because so, it's Sunday. You know, amen. Um, but he was a beautiful surprise. He and I were just cool friends. Mm-hmm. We met on the campus of North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University in this beautiful metropolitan city of Greensboro, North Carolina. Aggie Pride. Uh, yes, I'm Aggie just, Pride. Aggie like Pride. Somebody should have said it. <laughs> yes, somebody. Where, where the people at? Aggie Pride. Just woo, woo, woo. Yes, yes. So, Our virtual audience is screaming. Absolutely. So, um, sex semester of my freshman year, it was first his first semester of um, attending um, North Carolina A&T. Um, I was transitioning from Martinsville, Virginia, um, small city. He was transitioning from Connecticut, um, Windsor, Connecticut, right out a few minutes outside of Hartford. And so our destinies collide mm-hmm. at a bus stop. So you're older than him? By a year. Okay. By a year, yes. Yes. Let it be known. I didn't rob the cradle. By a year. Um, So, um, yeah, so we had opportunity to meet. Uh, We had a couple classes together. Just our relationship bloomed and grew um, just by hanging out. He was just an amazing person to talk to and listen to. I actually talked to him about other relationships that I had with other guys. So y'all started as friends? Really, for real, legit friends. Mm -hmm. Like, legit it was friends, and he used to come, before I ever was a minister, elder, anything, he used to call me Evangelist Wells. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just Brittany. <laughs> no, when you trying to be normal? I try to be normal. And so I remember one time we were hanging out, and we connected over music. And so, wow. so, it's, not, and so it's not ironic that... You know, we're talking about, you know, mute the soundtrack the of soundtrack. today. Absolutely. And so I remember we were hanging out, and he was, um, you know, like, what you know about, you know, Biggie and what you know about Tupac? And I was going and rapping and doing a song. He was like, Evangelist Wales. <laughs> like, I didn't even know you even listen to secular music. And I was like, well, I mean, my mama, my stepdad ain't safe. I mean, I love the Lord, but, you know, I right, can ride right. the car with him. Right, you know. You know? So um, it you was. You coach it a little bit? Yeah, a little bit out there. So that connected us. And um, I remember us really. Um, you know, not wanting to share that we had transitioned, our feelings for each other transitioned. Mm. And it was like the last month of the semester, he was about to go back home. And we realized that, wow, I was like, wow, I think I like him. I really think I'm really growing a, a strong attraction to him. And so over the summer, we kept in contact. And, summer um, love. 
summer love every day on the phone all day. See, you know. Oh yeah, y'all didn't have. Huh? Y'all didn't have text messaging then, did y'all? No. Oh, that's if, if we did, it was T nine texting. Who oh, it was them. That? It was the um. You get them hundred text messages sending in incoming. No, you know what T nine is? Yeah, when you had to press the same button yes, a whole yes. bunch. Yeah, I'm, I'm right behind. Okay, I'll right. make sure. I, I, you know, our age difference is a little different. So, um, so we connected really, 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 really good and kept in contact. And then the enemy. What would he do? Set me up. Oh, Slewfoot. Oh, Slewfoot devil. Set me up. And he said, Brittany, I'm moving into the Aggie Terrace. I said, oh, I'm at the Aggie Terrace. I said, where your apartment at? It was across the hall. You know that devil. You know what he was trying to do. And he got the victory. <laughs> he got the victory in that situation. But praise be to God. Praise be to praise him. Praise be to God. You, did, you sanctified it. That's right. And he became my husband. That's right. <laughs> He became my husband. Yes. God knew. God knew what he was doing. That's you know, but it wasn't without controversy. And it wasn't without <laughs> um a couple breakups. But we made it and we're um we're married actually on February the 29th. Oh wow. You know that's a leap year. It February, is. Yeah, February 29th. I'm talking, oh wow, I'm just trying to keep up with the story. I really didn't know what I was saying. Oh wow. Too. <laughs> you did. <laughs> but, February 29th. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we both need to take our pills. <laughs> Uh, February 29th, um, 2008, we were married in a, in a home of our friends. Oh, wow. To a couple that I we really that. admired, um, Tanya and Courtney Dixon, and amongst a, a small group of family and friends. Um, it was so beautiful. It was it was the most beautiful ceremony. Bishop Younger um, um, officiated our, our wedding mm-hmm. in that ceremony. And, honey, we was it was so non-traditional. I had on a lime green dress. <laughs> I mean, pretty bright green. He had on a tan suit with a green in his tie. But I'm telling you, it left me speechless because literally I was marrying my best friend. Um, He was a beautiful surprise to me because I didn't expect to fall in love with this guy. I was trying to hook him up with my roommate, Kim. You remember that? I was trying to hook him up. I don't know how she ever felt about that, but praise God, you know, she's happily married now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, fast forward, we have kids. Two kids. We jumped down fast forward. Okay. Oh, did, should I with that? I'm, I'm, if this is why you going to this is your story. I just feel like well, you, know, this, I'm, I'm, you got married today. I'm on your show. This, is, this is yeah, we got time. You know, okay. you know, rush, don't rush to the store. Right. If there's anything you you I'm, know, I'm you can slow here. walk it. Yeah. Let's, let's so is the is okay. So let's let's do this. The next song is Side Pony. Is that before or after the kids? This is this is after the death. Oh, so, so yeah, okay. Well, well, okay, so go to the kids then. So we all gonna go to yes. the kids. So we have two kids together. Um, Kylan Junior, Kylan. Well, Amory Smith is our eldest child, and then the following year, seventeen months later, here comes Kylan Smith Junior. And so I'm blessed to say that he named both of them. Oh, that's I felt beautiful. it was important for a father to name, just as in the Bible, the yeah. fathers declared their children's names. So. I, I thought it was important for him to know. So, Kyle Smith Jr., I get A. Marie. Where did that come from? Our love of music. A. Marie. One oh, thing, that's one thing to got oh. driven. Her middle name is, guess what? Chrisette. Like Chrisette Michelle. <laughs> but I love the meaning of A. Marie. A. Marie mean, means brave and powerful ruler or leader. Mm-hmm. And Chrisette, follower, little follower of Christ. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Chris said Christ. Yeah, oh, okay, get like yeah I, get it. I, I never knew, but it makes sense now. Right, right. So, obviously, we had a love of music right. to name our children that. Um, and he didn't initially want a junior, but I just said, listen, speak now, if hold your peace. You know. <laughs> I speak now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amen. 
But he he spoke then. He spoke then. He spoke Amen. then. Amen. <laughs> oh, I never. Mm. Praise God. But it was intentional. God was intentional. Right, he was right, in all the details. Right, so he was, I, I as we can God see God. now. Mm-hmm. So um, are you comfortable with talking about the loss? I, I am. I am. I can't say that I've always felt. I think there were at one point of time I could tell the story on the surface level as if I was telling anybody's story. Mm-hmm. But my heart um, emotions was not attached to the story. It was almost I was reading a book of someone mm-hmm. else's life being read out loud. But now, after um, doing my some intentionality of healing, mm-hmm. that I'm able to share that story in a, a, a healthy way. So, yeah. So absolutely, let's go there. Yeah. That's so while I'm here, right? Yes. Um, and so I know we we've had personal conversations as friends. You know how that evening uh transpired of you losing him um can you tell us a little bit about that that night yes absolutely well to in order to get to the night i just had to share a little bit you know while we were in college uh, i think that's right that was a a big thing Mm -hmm. while we were in college we're in our junior year the kylon and some of his very close friends were traveling traveling from the battle of the bands competition and were involved in a major car accident during a snowstorm this was in January 20, 2004. Okay. And um, during that accident, um, it was very traumatic, nearly lost his life, had to learn how to walk, mm-hmm. talk, eat by himself. I mean, literally saw him do shape blocks, blocks mm-hmm. like toddler stuff. And well, were you guys together at this time? I, technically. Okay. With the technical. Oh. It was situationship it was, entangle, it was entanglement. Situ- Your best situ- friend with a little benefit yeah, on it. Yeah, a little yeah. situation. Like we had technically, officially, it just broke up that Thursday. Oh. And this happened on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but we, but he was always my friend. So. Right, right. And so this, friend, that, yeah. So, friendship was def- definitely consistent. Um, so, um, during this accident, um, the doctors didn't think he was going to make it through tonight. Literally, they contacted his family and said that we don't think he's going to make it. And that you guys need to get here as soon as you can. And so it was by the grace of God that one of his family members actually lived in the same city where the accident oh, occurred. Wow. And very close family member. So had to go to the hospital. And they could not literally identify him because the condition mm. of his, most of the injuries were in his face. And so they were not able to identify him only by the birthmark that was on his hand. That was literally the only wow. way. And so they gave the report back that it was very bad. And so the priest, if I didn't say this already, the priest literally came into that hospital room to give him his last rites. He was not supposed to make it at all, not supposed to make it. And um, But by the grace of God, he made it through the night. Um, multiple surgeries to get him to a place where he was even um, at a place that, to be able to sustain his life. Mm-hmm. Then once he was at a certain pass, he had reconstructive surgeries because most of the bones in his face were shattered and broken. And so, and jawline, literally, you know what? That was a crazy thing that around that time, Kanye, Kanye West. West. <laughs> I know that's what you, you did. Kanye, no, when I tell you, Kanye West came out with that song around that time. Really? Through the uh, wire? When he was, through the wire. Honey, that thing used to make me cry. Through the Cause wire. Because I, I you understood were witnessing it. that, yeah. Yeah, I understood. And um, I had made my own rap song too. I don't even remember what Drop it was. a verse. I don't, I can't remember it. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I thank you. Thank the Lord, I can't. Ain't gonna embarrass me on TV. Well, you know, you, you, you go back and find it and write it out. Okay, I might. But um, anyway, I wrote my song. 
you know, trying to trying to get it out. Right. Yeah. Trying to, trying to cope in, in, yeah, in what ways yeah. you knew how to. And it, it was it was hard. It was hard. on. I mean, I could imagine the how his family had to endure this during this time with with this incident. But to God be the glory, a month after being in the hospital, a month only wow. was released. Not only released, but he went through months of physical therapy, rehabilitation therapy, and had to, you know, obviously wasn't enrolled in school for several months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But saw um, his perseverance and really the push of his mother to enroll back in school. That was his desire to get back to Greensboro, to roll back in school, not knowing how his cognitive ability mm -hmm. would be and his ability to actually really, really do the work, the collegiate work. He went back to school, was able to graduate with honors. What was his major? His major was psychology. Oh, wow. And he and I, I was a nursing major turned psychology major, and he and I graduated side by side together. That's beautiful. Yes. Yes. That's At North Carolina Agriculture and Technical State University. Aggie Pride. In the city of Greensboro, North Carolina. In the city Carolina. of Greensboro. You, you remember the announcement? You, you said you grew up in Durham. Yeah, I'm from Durham. I'm from North Carolina Central University, that city. Oh. Okay, we ain't going to talk about that. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. That's our rivalry, if you just didn't know. We'll talk about that. So, so you you continuing in the story because you mm -hmm. took us you you're taking us um, through what led to ultimately your, the losing of your husband. Yes. So the accident and then so the accident. Um, two years after the accident, he began to have um, a seizure disorder mm. um, because it was not uncommon if you had a traumatic brain injury that as the brain heals that sometimes some chemicals or neuro it was a neurological thing mm -hmm. that just didn't fire correctly or properly and so he suffered in silence wow with this illness that literally only i knew well the family knew but only i ever observed right you know that it was you know I, i'll never forget the first one and and just not knowing not ever seeing anybody experience a seizure like this and then you know, but thank the Lord, it was managed by medicine. Right. Um, so for 12 years, 12 long years, like the woman with issues, <laughs> 12 long years, he endured this illness. And on November, unfortunately, the illness led to his passing, mm -hmm. which was on, on November the 30th. And so he and I had just got home from work and hanging out with the kids, having dinner. He and I were playing 2K16. 2K16, chilling, hanging out, and um, decided to go upstairs um, and, um, you know, and just hang out upstairs. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And uh, saved and married people. Hang out upstairs. Yeah, like about one of my coaches said, what married folks do. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, he began to have a seizure. Not, you know, amen. <laughs> amen. Post-worship. Pre. Oh, pre-worship. Pre-worship. Pre you know, pre. <laughs> Pre-worship. I'm laughing with you. You are one of the funniest people pre -worship. I know. Pre-worship. Pre-worship. And I want you to know, too, like, I, I do make light of it, but this yeah. is my life. You yeah. know, honey, You know, if you can't laugh with me, don't cry with me either then. Hey, if you can't laugh with me, don't cry with me. Right. I don't really mean that, but yeah, and the I mean, because it's sort of like, with those that mourn like and then rejoice with me. Right, you know? this, this yeah. is my process, you know, and I, and I'm honestly, I'm at a good place now. But, right, and, so and it took you some time to get here. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Thank the Lord. And so, um, anyway, so he began to have a seizure, and which was not uncommon to have one. Okay, but it became concerning when the second one came, and I knew 
in the same night? Back to back. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I had to, I called EMT, and at that time I called one of the deacons of our church to come and watch the kids at the time. At the time they were five and six. Asked um, her to come and be with the kids because um, I knew we would go We would go to the emergency room or the hospital and come back. And um, unfortunately, when the EMTs arrived, he had another seizure. Mm. And so they worked. Was this three or? Three now. Oh, now wow. we're on the third okay. seizure. Now I'm really concerned. I'm calling. I'm already called family, but I'm calling family and letting them know what's happening. And I'm trying to talk to EMTs, talk about his condition and, you know, his health history. And then they take him downstairs to um, put him in the ambulance. And then as he's out the front door, has another one. So that's now number four. Mm. And so uh, we, you know, he, they put him in the ambulance. I decided I was going to go into the ambulance as well and travel. Like, no way I'm leaving him. Right, no right, way, right. You know, I'm not driving my own car. No right. way. And so as we're waiting in the ambulance in the front of my house, um, I'm caught talking to a family member, and I look up in the monitor, and I see them performing CPR on him and doing chest compressions. And I lost it. I lost it. Because it, cause being previously in the health field and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nursing, what, yeah. some, nursing and my favorite show was ER or back then it was ER and Grey's Anatomy, all of that. I knew what that meant. I knew that he was under cardiac arrest. And so I, whatever reason, I jumped out of the ambulance, ran back inside, banged on the door, ran back in the house, told the deacon, fainted, got back up all in <laughs> a few minutes, fainted, got back up. And it was like, I don't know if I can do this. I can't do this. Can't do this. Because I was like, I knew what potentially could be yeah. the result of this situation. But I went back into the van and I really began to pray. And I and, and if words could have preserved his life, because I was trying to say every word I could to convince the Lord that this was the right thing, that, that God needed to save him and, and please heal him. And I remember feeling a sense of peace that the Lord was telling me that this is it. This was it. And so to the point, I knew it, but hadn't been told it. Mm. They, they, had wow. ne- they had never told it to me. And I think it's not a, it, God always prepares his yeah, saints. Yeah. Even prior to this event that night, I believe that God was preparing my family for this. It's, it didn't catch me by surprise. Wow. It didn't catch me by surprise because I think the Spirit, like I said, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit prepares his people for things they're going to experience in life. And I think he had already began to prepare my children for it, even in conversations that I had, we were having with my pastor, mm-hmm. that I had with my pastor even um, two days before, I think was the feeling of something was happening. Come, yeah. Something was, hap- was about to happen. And um, I love it how Bishop Younger put it that Kailan got a glimpse of glory and decided that he was going to go. And he knew that we would be okay. And so... When the EMTs came up to us and officially told me that there was nothing more they can do, nothing more they can do, and that they've tried everything, they've tried every medication, they've told, been told to call. At this time, they had worked on him for 45 minutes. Oh, wow. It was a while. Wow. And so um, wow. Bishop Younger um, came up and was praying, and he asked if he can go back in the back and pray. And um, and when it was all – at that time, I, me- I remember – this groan coming out of me. I'll never forget that. I, it's nothing I can never duplicate again because it was so, I mean, the agony that came out of me. Because imagine if the scripture says that when a husband and wife are joined together, that two become one, mm-hmm. what happens when a piece of me 
or me. You. Me if y'all are one, yeah. Dies. Who am I? Who am I? You know, so that journey out there, I mean, just that part right there. Um, so you see this, it's, it's, a, it's a conflict. It's a, a peace with God, the spirit mm-hmm. letting me know that this is happening. But my humanity is filled with grief and agony. But then, then there mentally, I began to check out. Because yeah. I could, I think, in order to, for me to manage and survive the overwhelming emotions that were in the situation that was happening to me, I had, I don't think I had it. My body chose to say, bloop. I remember, like, literally becoming emotionless and just, all right, this is what we got to do. You know, going into that mode. And that's not always what's healthy, but. Yeah. But it was survival. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. I mean, this is day one. Right. Day one of survival. Yeah. Yeah. After. Yeah. And so how to, and so you have to be there for your children. You have to explain to them. Because at five and six, that's. Right. So their their understanding of death, you know, we never shot uh, them away or hid death from them, funerals, anything like that. But how do I tell them that? The man who, you know, who, who he was an active and very present father, mm-hmm. they, he's not here. And so the next morning, literally, my son gets up and says, where's daddy? Oh, wow. And this is, and he and his father were up before me and Amory were every morning getting breakfast and just having their time together every morning. They were the early birds. And then so now he's getting up and he said, where's daddy? And so I, I tell him, I said, uh, uh, and I'm kind of stuttering and kind of fumbling, like, what do I say? What do, I hadn't you, prepared, yeah, I hadn't, what do you say? I hadn't prepared this moment. Yeah. To say, what am I going to say when they ask me, where is daddy? And so they. Because uh, well, part of the story you didn't say, you did let them sleep through the night. Yes. Right. I let them sleep through the night and I asked everybody in the house, literally after he passed, the house was flooded with the deacons. I, I didn't mention he was a right. deacon. Um, he was one, one of the, the first, right? First and chairman, not first, but oh. he was the chairman of our deacon board at that time. And so all the deacons were there. Some of our family and friends were there, had started to arrive. And so literally the house was full of silence. Hundreds, not hundreds of people, but several Enough, people. Yeah. It felt like a house full of people, but in silence. Because I didn't want them to wake the children. Because I did not know how how they would respond to see their father in that condition. Because I didn't say this. After he was in the ambulance and they pronounced him dead, that they had to bring him back right, in the house. brought him back in the house, yeah. What? Back in the house. And, and so it was a moment during that time that I had an opportunity. When they brought him back in the house, we, they laid him in our guest bedroom that I had, we had just prepared, this guest bedroom. And I, initially for one of our friends' fiance that was visiting from from um, New York. Mm-hmm. We prepared that room for her and other guests that would come. And you know what? She actually came to me one day and said that she could no longer stay here. And I asked her what? She says, I saw men coming in and out of this room. And somebody very significant to this family has passed. Well, has passed, passed. And men were coming in and out of this room. Do you know literally after he passed and they laid him on that bed that literally – the men of our church had to carry him but, out of that out of that room because of the curvature and the the uh, of that room and where the, the exit was of the house they had to carry him out of that room 
she sat and told sat and told us this. But of course, no. So right. you see that warning, that yeah. warning. But anyway, back to it. I got a chance to lay with him, literally, because I was exhausted. I laid beside him, and several friends came, and you know, were the you know, close friends mm-hmm. were, um, you know, given the opportunity to come in as well. And I laid beside him, and I remember soundtrack number two, when it, number two, um, Good Man, also by NDRE that I played that song. And I was like, something about this song has al- always resonated with me, that I felt like it was, like even in college, that, realized that song, Beautiful, I mean, Beautiful Surprise and Good Man on the same album. Mm. But some, when I would hear that song, it just always, I was like, well, this, is this gonna be my testimony? And it was, literally. So you just had to check out the song. But, yeah, I don't know yeah. that one. You don't know Good Man? I don't think I do not. Any of read songs I know, I just don't know them by the title because okay. we Ooh. call them something else. Honey, so. well, I'm going to play for you after this. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to be crying and stuff. Yeah. Like that. It's okay. It, it is okay. Remember, you can laugh at me. You can cry <laughs> yeah, that, that's, you, you just said that? that. I'm going to laugh. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I mean, just a little tear right here. Just a little drop. Right, because I'm trying to. Uh, you, but, and it's okay to cry at this point. You know, it's not, you know, dealing with or having the same weight of grief it is. No, you know. no it's, de- it's definitely different. It's definitely different. Now, I can cry now, and it it's not overwhelming sadness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's tears of joy because of the memory right. that he's left. And and to realize that I had the opportunity to be loved and loved very well by someone so exceptional. So, yeah. Okay, because we skipped around. So back to back to Kai asking, where's that in, in the morning? Yeah. And so he said, oh, he's at work, right? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, daddy's at work. Daddy's at work. And so, but Amory, she was always like, hmm. <laughs> To know her now, it makes sense, right? Like she just was quiet and had this face, like something's happening. Because at this time, Auntie Nicole is driving, Morgan is in the van, and we're all driving them to school. And it just looks like, hmm, like what is going on? So I dropped, we dropped them off at school because I just couldn't tell them. I, I, I was, I literally, I had just laid down, and then the alarm went off for me to get them up Mm. for school. It was that quick. Had no chance to recover. No chance to recover. I had enough to even call into work and say, I'm not coming into work today. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You know, everything okay? No, my husband died. And like, what? Yeah. And so the impact, you know, that it had on my job and people with my my job, you know, it, you know, church. So it, this word is getting around to everybody that, you know, he worked worked in the, he worked at a school and he was a, a mental health counselor yeah. and, a clinician, and, and so all of this, the word is getting around. And so I take them to school, share with the um, the teachers that, you know, my children have just experienced a great loss with their father, but they don't know. Mm. Be kind to them. Today. Not that they wouldn't. But, no, no, but just, but yeah. Be kind with them today. And um, it was As you figure out, how am I going to tell them when they get out of school that they're Right, let has, me gather myself. Yeah. Let me get myself together. Let me make sense of this myself that what has happened. You know, in some way, make make uh, you know come to it. But you know how we do in the black community. Everybody, come over your house now. Everybody, just everybody. Everybody, which I appreciate is it's in good good gesture. Right, right. But they you know, mean, mean well. Yeah, but when you ain't slept and you've been up over twenty four hours and you just need to rest a second, and then you have a, another major portion of this to do. 
Right. You still have to tell your children that. Right. That, that and they don't even gone. know yet. And right. so now, and I'm having to, you know, my feelings of feeling the need to entertain or to be present, right, right, but I right. can barely keep my eyes open. And um, and so finally, they arrived home from home. I remember Morgan picked them up from school, and took them out to hang to play a little bit, and brought them home. And so I had the, the, huh, I, I don't even call it a privilege, just the task, the task, the daunting task of telling them that their dad is gone. And so how do you do that? So this is what I did. I said I sat them down in that same room where they were in the same bed where I, where they laid him, and I told them I said, you know, you know your dad, he loves you so much. And I remember Kai's response was, he's a good dad. He's a really good dad. I said, you know what? He is. Mm. I said, so good that God wanted to use him in heaven. He wanted to use him in heaven to work for him. And then he was like, what? Daddy's in heaven? You know, his five-year-old boy, yeah. maybe a little younger. And he said, um, wow. <laughs> wow, daddy's in heaven? And Avery said, is daddy dead? Oh, wow. So we, I got two different Response. yeah. responses. And you have to respond. To both. Right. So she's crying. I'm holding her in this arm and comforting her. And then I'm telling, he's telling me, wow, man, like, I'm so excited for this. Right. He's excited. He got a promotion. <laughs> wow. This is amazing. He said, well, and you just had to find another husband. Yeah. So he understands that he's gone. Yes. And not coming back. Relatively. Right. That he was gone. But maybe but not, maybe not forever. Because let me tell you, at this time, this boy was, you know, he had a fixation. I'm gonna say fixation. Uh, fixation sounds bad, but um, he had a love, a strong passion for crucifixion. The crucifixion. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. A strong passion for the crucifixion. Like he, very often, he's gonna be embarrassed. Very often. Watched crucifixion cartoons, carried around several crosses. He owned at least 35 crosses, crosses in his head. He had a cross birthday party, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> are there pictures? How you seen them? No, are there pictures? I have pictures. I have pictures. They took him to the Holy Land. Oh. In uh, Florida. Oh. <laughs> Holy Land, honey. He. He was, I even have a video, Roger, I have a video of, he, um. This the, is beautiful. Um, the church that we, we, um, uh, acquired, mm -hmm. um, 2220 was, I can't wait what type of church that was, but anyway, they had nice brass, um, altar, um, decor. Mm -hmm. And so on the altar decor, so I guess they left it. And so he was like, can I have that? And it was like, yes. And so, um, so I, and so on this, there was this brass cross and it had the Jesus on the cross. You know, we don't do we that. Don't, yeah. We don't the, do that. We do the abandoned cross. Right. We abandoned cross. So we, so one day while he was asleep, I went on and unscrewed that Jesus <laughs> off that cross. Right. Cause I was like, we ain't gonna have that. You know, this boy. <laughs> Did he go back and get Jesus? No. He woke up and said, mama, look, he rose. He rose. I have it on video. Because I said, wait a minute, please. Hold on, Kyle. That is good. He said, Mama, look, he rose. He got up. That's right. He didn't know that no more. He rose. He was like, <laughs> Mama, wow. You know? So, so his love for cross, 
what was my whole point in this? But that was a good it, story. It, that, he, we were talking about um, how he was like, you know, daddy got a promotion. Yeah, so yeah. so his, oh, I mean, everything Jesus. And so immediately, you know, his dad was a deacon, and he was like, you know. Daddy got elevated. Right, and he was he like. He got new vestments. He was like, can I be the deacon now? He asked, and everybody in the house was like, oh, yes, yes, you sure can. You can be the deacon now. He was like, yeah, you know, this, yeah, junior deacon. You a junior deacon. And I remember we got out the, the this is fast forward again. We got out the ambulance, not ambulance, Lord. The limousine. Oh, the family car. The family car. The family car. Limousine. He gonna say, the king of the deacons has arrived. I said, baby, he got it wrong. He got it wrong. He didn't. He don't. He don't understand. Yeah. He not the king of the deacons. Yeah. But he took that thing seriously to the point that Ebony Giles made him an alp, a a, oh, a, a kid alp. That's beautiful. He and two other of his friends, some two of the Crutchville boys made them abs and so they used to process in with the elders and the deacons oh, wow. we need to bring that back i know what a cute yeah. though yep and he loved to take up offering just like his dad so he literally took on this role of you know i'm going to be carry on the work of my father yeah but then i got this other child over here that you know she was understand girl, more, yeah. and she understands the eternal result of death or the the longevity of death that it, it that it was right. eternal and she's you know and so to and so that was also indicative to me supporting their grief journey in a whole new way so listen we got three people in the house grieving differently grieving differently grieving period and then differently and then you have the responsibility of being there for all three of, of navigating all of it so literally get to the the um um one of my songs was um side pony side pony absolutely is talking to a song by lake yeah, but i ain't never heard this song oh yeah i know it. I'm, 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 I'm gonna listen to your whole soundtrack okay lake uh what i put on there lake um lake street dive lake street drive I, I, oh it's dry you missed the d oh drive oh you put dive okay is it dive? It might be dive. It's Lake Street Dive. It is. Okay. It's right. I said it right. Yeah. I, um, one of my friends introduced me to this song. Literally, the song is talking about a side ponytail. That is it. <laughs> but it's so dope. When I read it, I was like, what is this song about? A side pony. Right, but I Because I rock know. a side pony. Baby, I'm just living my life. Because I rock a side pony. Literally, that's, that's it. That's all you had the strength to do. That's all you said. Uh, Literally. No, I'm talking about with the oh, ponytail. Oh, oh, and the song and my life. That's that's the only thing I had. Literally, it was the only song because I love music. Right. Every song, every part of our life, our our marriage, our love was connected to a song. Like you know, or it it would be kind of like would like that song or oh I remember we used to play this song because we're right around the holidays. So now the OJ's oh, yeah. I can hardly wait for Christmas was about the you know the Temptations. Ah. All that was about to pop off. It was just going to tear me up. So this song had absolutely to do with nothing, and that was the song mm. I played because it it took me away from the emotion. Yeah, it, I couldn't handle it, but it also put me a place of delaying in a lot of ways, going through the process of grief. So, what was the hardest part about your grief? Hmm. That you're able to articulate because I know that's a, a, a loaded question. Mm. That's a very good question, though. The hardest part of my grief would be understanding how to grieve. Mm. 
and I know that's kind of weird, but I haven't had, had experienced loss in my life, but I think by far at that point in time in my life, other than my father and my grandmother, which my grandmother died at four, my father died a few years before Kylan's accident, that, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, my father died after Kylan's accident, as, as I'm thinking oh, about. Wow. So at this time, my only reference of grief was my grandmother, oh, yeah. oh, okay. and I was four. So how do I deal yeah, with these heavy yeah. emotions of grief? How do I, what do I do? How do I, how do I even navigate this and parent? And so I was, was fearful of tapping into grief mm-hmm. or experience a weight of grief because I didn't know where it was going to take right. me. Right, where will it take you? Where will it take me? If I tap into this, will I be able to get up in the morning? Will I come get to a place where I'm so emotional and weight with emotion that I can't even function? Mentally, physically, emotionally, like what what does it look like for me? So my only thing was maintaining. I thought this was right. Maintaining a consistent life for my children that they didn't they they couldn't experience a deficit. I thought right that that was what I needed. So now to you do. have to be in overdrive and you gotta you yeah. do the most. D- the most, the most. And then I remember, um, I remember one day that. They, um, I got a note from home saying that they didn't do homework. And I remember I broke down crying. I broke. Cause now you feel like you failed. I failed. You, you, you slipping. Right. I'm definitely slipping. So I remember I came to the conclusion. I was like, you know what? Something. I can't do everything. You know, I can't keep the house. Everything. I was like, okay. Well, you know what I'll do? The house gonna go. I mean, mm-hmm. not not fully, no, no. but if if it's not perfect, right. I'll it's be okay. okay. Yeah. Because I'm trying to managing managing so many things, so many tasks. So whatever. It, it, it will just have to do we'll, this will just have to be what it is. Mm. Yeah. And so I yeah, so to answer your question, navigating and learning how to grieve was the biggest task. And it wasn't until um I took some I I had enough knowledge to know that I couldn't do this alone. I needed the support of family and friends. And not only that, I needed mental health support, seeking out a counselor to help me go through the process and understanding where I was and to allow me to feel. Because for a while I had what my counselor called a head and a heart disconnect. Explain that. Well, I understood mm-hmm. mentally the mo- what was going on but the feeling that attached to the feeling, there was a disconnect. You see that there? Mm-hmm. There was a disconnect. So like I was saying earlier, I could share the story about the loss and tell the story. Because you know how many times people ask you, oh, how did he die? If I didn't tell you, if I didn't volunteer the information, mm-hmm. chances are right. I didn't want to talk about right, it. Right. And maybe not even specifically were you a random person. Right, no. How do I go into that? So, so I learned to tell the story. To get through the story. Right. Right? Right. So now I'm now getting through life to get through life. Like I'm getting because I because in order to get my kids to school, in order to main to maintain at work. But it came to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't. I not couldn't, the way that you were doing it. Not the way I was doing it. Not not because I remember. It was and, even, and be healthy and be right. functioning. Yeah. It was a period of time. I was like, you know what? People have helped me enough. You guys can go. I've got to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. So I went into this mode of I got to do it by myself. And it led to a great burnout. Great burnout led to 
some bad decisions, and bad decisions left to left to you know a, a, a good bit of time of recovery, and finding, you know, you know that healthy way to mm-hmm. heal, healthy way to deal with the grief process. And so you you mentioned that people were there for you, and that was one of my next questions. And then you said you know you not push people away, but you know like relinquish the help. Like okay, y'all, I got it from here. But what, with the loss of your spouse, what would you suggest to, with the loss of a spouse, what would you suggest to family and friends on how to comfort someone dealing with that type of loss? Like the best way to be there for them. Once, I'll tell you one thing that my counselor told me to encourage people to do, and it's similar to what I was saying earlier, um, is to get in the boat with me, mm-hmm. to get in the space with me. Because for me, to get really to give me permission to grieve. So not avoid talking about mm-hmm. the person. Okay. Not acting like they don't exist, not avoiding um conversations about how I'm doing. Um but even sometimes um one of my favorite books during that time that I was reading um I can't remember the author's name, but it's called Option B and it's talking about building resilience after loss and um it was a bestseller and her story, and I think her name was Susan. Um her story really really helped me during that process. And one of the things that she encouraged um, people to do is like, to, if you get in the boat with somebody, allow them to be vulnerable, um, it will help them process the grief themselves and not feel that they have to hide it, that they have to not express it. And so um, I appreciate people that allow me space to talk about him. Mm-hmm. And for and for me, it it made it more of a reality to me, where I was trying to avoid it. You know, I remember one time Amory told me she says, "Mom, she said you don't talk about him." And I was like, "I do," but I didn't talk about it him to them. Mm. I would talk about him maybe to a counselor. I was I right, was getting right. somewhere, but not to my children. And she was like, and so I began to ask some questions. I said, "So, what do you like? What do you think?" Yeah. No, because that, that was one of my questions as well. Like. With them being so young, there's so many pieces and parts of their father they didn't get to be introduced to. Yeah. And so how do you like how do you introduce that to them? Like what is your responsibility mm. to provide that information, like with questions that they might have or Well, and also they there was two different ways methods of doing that. Kai wanted to know everything. Everything, yeah. Everything. He needed to know how he died and asked me multiple times. He continually felt that I was keeping something from him. Mm. Like that was keeping secrets from him about how he died, and and Amory on the other hand was she didn't want to talk right, about him. Right. She was reluctant. Like like, and I remember one day she was in the pantry and she couldn't reach something and she just broke out crying, and I was like, "What's wrong?" And she was like, "He used to reach stuff for me." Mm-hmm. For her, that was a memory. Yeah. And at six, what? what yeah. How many six, memories? You know, do you she have? Yeah. she remembered that. She remembered. The smells, and you know, and I asked. That was one of the questions I asked him. I said, "What do you, do you notice that's different that your father's gone?" And she was like, "You know, the smells are different." She said, "It's a lot quieter in the house now," and I was like, "You know, because he was always yelling at the football, playing music, so it was we it was loud." And uh, she says, "It's louder." And she said, and "You change your hair color a lot," and I was like, "Oh, I mean, she noticed yeah. this." And I was like, "You know, what what did you what do you think that means? I'm changing my hair color." She said, "You trying to show people that you're okay that he's gone." I was like, so what I wasn't saying, she was observing. Mm. And so the question was. Oh, <laughs> how do you teach them part of like, what do you, 
How do you go about, yeah. Well, you know, um, um, talking about him, encouraging him to to um, to ask me questions about him, sharing stories about his childhood. It's something that I knew that was related to them and something they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, your daddy, blah, blah, blah. If a song come on, oh, this was your dad's song, favorite song. Or, you know, we, you know, um, you know a one Father's Day, I think it was actually um, that two, the following year, 2017, I bought them a teddy bear from mm-hmm. um, Build-A-Bear. Mm-hmm. And the teddy bear had the vo- the voice of their father in it. We had did a video for our eight year an- mm-hmm. eighth year anniversary. It was a new year. it was a the leap year anniversary. And so we went on a trip and we were just talking about things we've learned in the eight years of marriage. And in that video, he shares of how much his family changed him and made him the man he is today. And so I put that. What he those words in the bear, and so recorded it, mm-hmm. put it on YouTube, ended up going viral, over a million. Um, people watch that video. We actually earned a little money from that, a couple hundred dollars. Hey, come on, come on. Uh-huh. Almost seven hundred dollars off yeah. that video. But, you know, and I tried to wanted to try to keep something up like that, but it couldn't. But that you know, allowing them to experience him, you know, video pictures of him, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I just, I think for them, it was just important for them to hear the stories about him and be amongst his family mm-hmm. and being close to them. I think really help that connection and his family I don't even look at it as a separate entity like you know that's my right. those are my parents those are my grandparents my aunts and so them can that could consistent connection has kept them close to his memory <sighs> and the church and and that they're a part of it they get to grow up and hear the stories that I get to hear they yeah they do from, from different people right and also too you know um Anderley, um, we yes. we do a Deacon Kylon Smith yes. Award. And then we have a wing in the building of the church of named the, after yes. him. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing that, you know, that our church has not, on, not only, you know, people, and I honor him, but our, my church yeah. community has honored him and his legacy. So it means a lot. It means a lot. And so they see that and they get to live in that. And that's one reason why I chose not to move because yeah. we're not from okay. here. Um, we have his mother, Fayetteville, North Carolina. My mother, Greensboro, North Carolina. His father and um, and other mother is in Connecticut. And we, yeah. had, I had options to go. But I felt the Lord wanted me to stay here. And so they can just grow up in that legacy of their father. That's beautiful. Yeah. The next song on your soundtrack of Lost Elder Brittany mm-hmm. is Lord, You Are Good, Todd Galbraith. <sighs> Ty, Todd Galbraith says in the song, he talks it out. He says, I had to learn to worship and trust God in a hard place. In a hard place. In a hard place. And you don't know the true test of your faith mm-hmm. until you have to worship God in a hard place. Until you have to worship a God that you feel that disappointed mm-hmm. you. I feel like a God that you feel made a because I felt for a while, made a decision without me. Like he Oh, needed, wow. He needed to consult me. That, but I, but one of my favorite scriptures, even before that, was Isaiah forty, where it talks about you know who can who has given him counsel, who has searched his understanding, who has, you know you know his, you know he is far beyond our understanding, and who are we? But at that time, I questioned God, like, you know, it was two years before mm-hmm. I got to that point because two years, it was Lord, you were good, 
Were you were you, you washing the dishes? Huh? Were you washing the I dishes? Wa- sometimes, sometimes I was washing the dishes, and I found myself in a hard place, and I started to wash. Yes, all that I was in that place, and felt like you know, Lord, I'm going to be do the work of I'm going to have be a of good faith, right? And go through this thing because Lord, you got something for me. Right. Lord, you're going to take me to the nations. And our faith causes us to feel like we have to be superhuman during grief and loss, right? I was like, like Lord, oh, it's a badge of honor. I got to make sure I make sure I carry the name, but I got to hold up your name, God. Even though you disappointed me, even though you've let oh, me yeah. down, I got to make sure I keep the image of you in front right. of the people. Good, but I believed it. No, and we do. I really did. I was like, and I. But I'm talking about the part I did. Oh. But I believed it. For them two years, I was like, oh, mm, I'm about to write books. Hun, I started wearing, I didn't wear makeup, for for real, for real. But I had to wear makeup because also bags started developing oh. under my eyes. All them nights of crying. Concealer became my friend. I'm laughing with you. It's serious, yeah. But um, I w- became into this mode of the new revived Britney. And went through it. And when, when, when I come out of this, I will start right. when I come out of this, but first. Like, oh, because God about to do it. Two years in, and God. I, he ain't done it I, yet. He ain't done it yet. <laughs> Lord, I'm still in Lynchburg. Because I said, oh, about, about a year in, after a year, I go through this a year. I'm going to get married after that. I'm going to start, you know, probably going to meet somebody, get married. How many nope. years? Has I ain't been? thinking about nobody, marrying nobody. <laughs> How many years has it been? Seven, seven years. And that, that's one of the questions, too. In, seven years. I know you do Zach from conversations that we've had. Give, give as, me oh. Seven years. <laughs> seven years. And I'm okay with that. I really right. I'm so content. So content. And so as as we've we've had conversations as friends, and I know that that is a desire eventually that you do want to remarry. Was there ever a guilt because of and we've had this conversation too, how great your husband was that you won't find that you probably won't find that twice in a lifetime. Was there ever a Ooh. guilt in the desire to be married again or the desire to be in a relationship? I'm going to say no. Okay. Because I think um, Kylon wanted me happy. Mm-hmm. He really did. He wanted to see me well. And he wanted, I knew he would have wanted to see his children well. And so the release from him was always there. I always felt the release was there. If there was... It's always right. It's just always you. Yeah, I think it was me who was not open and comfortable with go with experiencing love again. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. During the years, especially that first year, God began to do a fruit inspection on me, Mm. and it did not make sense to me because I'm like, God, I lost my husband. Why are we judging my character? Why are we? Why are we refining my character in this season? So during this time, I've, I've had, God has taken me through a process of developing me, developing who I am as a person. And because you think about it, for the last, those last eight years, eight plus years, in months, that I was Kylan's wife. Mm-hmm. We had met when I was 19, he was 18. So we literally grew up together, became adults together in our adulthood right. together. So who am I? Who am I? So this these seven years have been a years of discovery. Mm. Through Learning. this journey of discovery. Through this journey of discovery. That should have been on the soundtrack. You got to add that to the Finding me. Right. Now yeah. that you have someone special. Brings out the joy. Where? Inside of me. Inside of me. We, we can become whatever we want to be. Lord, in the love and unity. That's the way that you should be. 
you and me. Sister, what is it? Sister, is this not sister? No, that's uh, oh no, that's half and half. But that's Melanie Daniels singing. Half and half. Really? That is Melanie Daniels singing oh, well, that song. Be. Yes. All right, Melanie. I love her. That is all right. For God. But no, no, no. So, Cranes in the Sky is next on the list. You try to run it away. Ooh, child. So two years in, Cranes in the Sky. So if y'all don't know the song, she goes through a list of things that she tried to do to take away the pain. And all them things she tried to do weren't the best. You know, she thought a new dress would make it better. She tried to, you know, she, you know, keep herself busy. Mm. You know, she let go of her lover. She got a new lover. But she found it was cranes in the sky. That, that part really never made sense to me, cranes in the sky. We're supposed to look up our redemption is drawing now. Like that. <laughs> oh, that good. The that Lord, was good. I ain't gonna say the Lord just gave it to me. He did. No, no. See, I, I feel like it's crazy. Got, look up. Look up. Oh, God. look and live. Look and live. That's what. And, and she realized that it won't down here. Where was it? It was, it was up, up here. It was like a crane in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's uh, super. That's what Kevin Boss. Really? Oh, you know who did who did that first? Who? Donald Lawrence, Superman, Elias Clark Kent. You know that one? No, fly you bring your new stuff out. So I gotta go. I gotta add stuff to my lookup list. Come on, man. You, I got you. You give me. You give me new ones too. So uh, it's you know, an exchange. Swap, yeah, strange it's exchange. exchange. I know that's my. I had a words wrong. For that. <sighs> so you discovered that it wasn't in the things that you were trying. It wasn't in the things that you had the ability to do no. to try to make it better or no. to try to advance your process. Do you feel like you ever tried to speed up your grief? <gasps> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And I continue to get. Knock back down. It's mm. not time yet. It's not time yet. There's more developing. There's more healing I need to do in you. Um, there's more awareness of your, you know, your own personal trauma. I remember starting with my counselor. I thought I was going in for grief counseling, and next minute, you know, we talking about my daddy, like, mm. and my mom was like, "Wait a minute, I came to talk about Kylan." Yeah. But how did I choose Kylan? And what what he represented, and me being his wife, what did that represent? And so trying to be a good mom, you know, raising children became my focus and being present for them. And so, and then also working on my health, mm -hmm. mental health, physical health. And um, because at that time, you know, you know, being in love, young and in love, you know, put on a little weight, a lot of weight, and, you know, <laughs> a lot of weight. And so it, it wasn't me. That wasn't who I was. You know, I, I didn't, I, as a kid in high school, even, you know, first couple of years of college, I never had an issue with weight. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you know, I had, so I had to put aside that weight that was that so was easily besetting me <laughs> and run the race. That was set before that you. That was set before me. And so now. Because you got to press toward the mark. Yeah. The There's a prize. Yes, yeah, a prize. Uh, and so I, and I am that prize. And you, I'm, see. Uh, you, we, I am that we prize. We cut up so bad at Bible study the other night. Right. But that was we so did. Good. But it was that good. Was good. <laughs> the devil ain't got no teeth. No. We, it's going to come. We're going to hear, yes, you'll hear yes. about it later. Snaggletooth rascal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so just during that time, I just, it, during this season, it has been a time of healing and God making me whole. And what, and I remember um, probably in 2001, 2000, yeah, 2001, I all of a sudden I felt the shift in me. Mm. that I felt it was a turning. And I remember um, 
uh, Pastor Westgate came to agreement with me. He, he he prophesied to me. He says, Brittany, he says, I feel like you've been on a bumpy road that's rocky and red um, and edgy and just and just unsettled. He said, but you're about to make a turn and it's the road is smooth. He said that. And I was like, I, that thing confirmed it in me because that's where I felt. It. And so it didn't always look like it immediately, but I knew that my season of grief had turned. Mm. This was in 2021. Two years ago, and how many years? Five? What? Since he's passed? Yeah. Seven. Seven, okay. Well, November will be seven. Well, we're going into the seventh year. I always say we're going, going into, you know. But I'm saying at the time that this prophecy came, it was five years on it. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. so. The 2022. 20, yeah. yeah. Sorry. No. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we, um, he said that, and I remember I spoke, uh, ministered a sermon entitled, I'm Becoming. And so that story... Um, Michelle and, Obama stole that from you. I, no, she did it first. Oh, <laughs> she did. Hers is called becoming. I said I am becoming. You know, that's all you need is a different yes, word it is. to make it a, because the I am is gonna make you become. Oh, the I am. Oh, the great, the, the great I am. Don't even bring it up. I, you see, I know. Put my hands down. Mm. See, that's the problem. With that you. is my absolute favorite story. I make Bishop tell everybody that story. Do I just you? want you to know. Yes. Oh my God. And <laughs> yes. he probably does. He does. He probably can't and then He talks about how you read out the back and then got locked, got locked out. out. <laughs> yes. Y'all, I have I'm to sorry. tell the story another time. More of the story is I tried to introduce Bishop um, at, at A&T for an event, and I got so worked up with the, you know, exhorting. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, the great I am. And I said, oh. and I literally dropped the mic and ran off the stage, ran outside, and then got locked out the building. Only me. <laughs> the great I am. That will you forever be funny. Well, you know, I'm not the great I am. But let's give a hand clap and praise for the, the great I am, the king of kings, the lord of lords. Woo! Mm-hmm. That was there. Yeah. So next on the list we got, all I hear is raindrops. Falling from the rooftop. Oh, they will tell me why you have to go. Because yes. this pain, I feel it won't go away. And today, I'm officially, officially. missing Officially missing I think you. once I started to officially come to terms with where I am, embrace what I've experienced, the love that I had, the love that I lost, and open to a future somewhere else. I feel like me embracing all of that allowed me to be open and to move forward. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we're trying to run away. We're trying to sweep on the rug emotions and trauma experiences. Mm -hmm. But until you deal with it, that's when you can move to a place of literally wholeness. Right. And so my counselor would tell me, he said, Brittany, he said, either, he said you're going to pay now. He said, if you don't pay now, you're going to pay later. $100 now or $100,000 later. But either way, you're going to pay. And so um, my payment was a little higher than it should have been mm-hmm. because of my delay. And I think it was difficult for me to feel like I could because so many people always looked at me as like, you're – Oh, you're so strong, Brittany. You're so strong. And even, I mean, one of the sisters of the church, you'll say, Brittany, you're so strong. Like, you have, you have taught us how to grieve. And I remember I had to make a declaration. Like, I didn't teach y'all properly. Wow. Like, publicly, I gave you guys the image of wholeness, but I wasn't. And so once I realized, and I remember this was, this wasn't too long ago, that I 
allowed myself to break, but I realized that God was going to carry me, that God was carrying me, that it was safe for me to feel the weight of emotion and to officially miss him, to talk about him. Mm-hmm. And to and that's when I started to experience wholeness. And miss him from a healthy place. From a healthy place. It's, there's no depression attached no. to it. No, I missed my husband. I missed the person right. I chose to marry. I missed the person right. I chose to have a life with. I, I missed that. The person who understood me, my best friend, the father of my children. Because even them losing him, I felt like a failure. Oh, wow. Because I didn't grow up with a consistent father and a healthy relationship with my father. So I felt like I gave them some. I, you hear me? I mm-hmm. gave them something I didn't have. And so, and now they are now in the same situation as I was. You know, yeah. how could I do that to them? And I, I blamed myself for a little while, not knowing that I didn't have anything to do with it, but blamed myself in a lot of ways that, man, like here I am raising kids like my mama by myself. But then I had to realize that it's different. It's different. This time it definitely is different. So the advice that you have for someone that is, currently going through this grief a level of loss of a spouse keep their memory alive keep them before you um i've seen many many extremes of loss mm-hmm. of people experiencing loss some people you know you do what you do talk to your spouse that wasn't my thing you know i didn't want him to visit me in the middle of that hour <laughs> do not come in that room do not come in that house don't do that. But it, whatever you choose to do, <laughs> I would encourage it. Wait. Don't you don't you cover the don't you Wait, come through no doors, no walls. Don't go through the medium the mediums and stuff. No, don't do that. I, I literally had to work up the nerve to be alone in the house. I did mm. not like I had a fear of being alone in the house. And the dark a little bit. So I'm for me to live in a house by myself, I was doing real, real good. So don't you disrupt this. <laughs> don't you don't you come over here. Don't you be in no dreams. But you know what? God sent a message through somebody else. They said, I mean, somebody literally told me, it was like, Kylan came to my dream and this is what he had to say. And I knew it was God. I knew it was God. I knew it was God. But anyway, what I would tell that person um, that's going through loss and grief um, with the loss of a spouse, um, seriously, intentionally lean on your support system. Lean on the family and friends. Be o- be okay with being vulnerable, um, especially if you have children. Be okay. It's mm. okay to be vulnerable, and to um, and to and and to to just share with somebody. Find that person that you're able to talk to and and share your story with. And um, and the other thing I would say is to find community. Uh, you will find. That there's so many people, like literally so many women um, came out of the woodwork sharing their stories with me and encouraged me. It lifted my spirits. I had one um, preacher. She's a bishop and an overseer in the Lord's Church, overseer of Durham. Um, What's her name? I'm from Durham. Huh? Oh, oh, oh. Um, she, she from, she's from North Carolina. Um, she, uh, I had encountered her. It was like a divine encounter with her and something she told me she says Brittany she said you're looking at your future I'm your future and I was like and and what she was encouraged me is that you'll get yeah. through it there's something after this there's a life yes, after this there's life after this you'll survive it Brittany you, you you can make it and so lean on that don't neglect your mental health support 
And most importantly, don't neglect your spiritual support. I don't know how people do without Jesus. I don't know how you make it. I don't. I have absolutely no idea. And you know how like. And don't want to know. Don't want to know. And it I, you works know, over you here. You know the experience. It works where over here. It does. It works. And it, and, it, and it's it's tried and true. You know how people, how when you was a kid, your mama, well, my mama spanked me. Did your mama spank you, Roger? I got weapons all the time. My mama coming on here to do an episode. We probably gonna talk about that. I got whoopings all the time. Really? Yes. I believe it. I had to go pick, pick my own switches. Oh wow! Like it, 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 just pause for, it's for the calls. Yeah. It was a certain like part of town that mm-hmm. had better switches. So if she like if I got in trouble at school and we went by a certain route, what? I knew I was going to get a switch from the the switch trees. Yeah, it won't like no like there was a switch tree in the back of the house, but that wasn't the good switches. So like I knew if I was really in trouble and she passed the house coming down Forest Hills. Yeah, I was going to get a switch from the other trees. Similar story. My my mama would see a switch tree and be like, oh, that's a good switch tree. I'm like, what? A good switch tree? But I I started to, I had to go pick my own switch, Roderick. I knew which switch switches would break on contact. (laughs) But your mama never made, if you brought bad switches back, she would go get them? She would tell me, go get another one. Oh, no. If you brought bad switches back, she would go get the switch. And it would be about like branch like. Oh, yes. And then she would braid them up. I said my mom would oh, leave. Oh, braid them. Yes. Slavery. Bra- God, dog. <laughs> she would braid them up and then leave some leaves at the top oh. of it. <laughs> oh, my God. I got a funny story I about that. I need to call remind CPS. Me, you, yeah. Remind me to tell I you a funny story, story about when my brother air. got a spanking <laughs> and what happened. Anyway. Whew. But back to what you were saying. You said you didn't know if I got spankings. Oh, yeah. Oh, spankings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how your parents spank you, but, but then you go to them and want them to hug on you and love on you. And they the one who caused the pain. You ain't do that? Oh, I would go to my mom. Mama, look. Look. And she's like, well, you shouldn't have moved your hand. <laughs> my point of trying to get to was is that even sometimes a person who hurt you, mm-hmm. that they're the only one that can conceal the pain. Um, that was, that's, uh, I think I get so weak. That is a line in that song that I just discovered when we was doing karaoke. Uh, the cause and the cure is you. Is you. Thank you, because I didn't know. Because I was, I, was I knew where you see. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I didn't know. I, be having, I, I, I knew it, but I didn't know it. No, all the scriptures and stuff. I might not, but you know, I got right, you on right. the song. We know. Yeah, we can. We can get the end of. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. We know around. You know, I ain't gonna be able to quote it exactly and uh, tell I, you what chapter and verse. But I, you know, I know be, that they're on yes, Yeah, yes. the cause and the cure is you. And so the cause and the cure is Jesus. It is in my life. And so stick with Jesus. Stick in there with Jesus. And let me tell you something, if you feel like you are at your wit's end, you feel like that you can't take anymore, lean on the help and support. Don't, I mean, you are not alone in this. There is somebody that understands you. There's somebody that will be there for you. And a lot of times your people are really waiting for you. Yeah. They don't want to intrude. At the speed that you will yeah. allow them. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to intrude. No, they don't want to intrude, but they're waiting for you. And when they're, when and, and they'll be supportive. And and I think most of all, just know that I'm gonna say it just like um, overseer said to me, you're looking me, you're looking at your future. You will survive this. You will overcome this. Um, you will experience joy again. Mm-hmm. You will experience happiness again. Um, and maybe you even wondering whether or not the grief and the heaviness of grief will ever ever subside. Um, there will be days that will, will, will come in waves, days. but there will be moments. You know, I don't even I've never even this moment say that I've had a bad day. Because every day with Jesus is a good day. 
every and day. And it's sweeter than the day ah, before. Ooh, I feel like <laughs> it's sweeter every, than the let day me tell before. You sweet, let me tell you something. There has not been a day that I am that I I how dare I say that I've had a bad day, but I've had some bad moments. Mm. I've had some bad situations. I've had some bad situations, but I will never allow that to be the totality of my day. The totality of it. Or to define the totality of my day. Never. Never. How dare I do that? This is the to day. say that the whole thing was yeah. bad. Yeah, but he to, allowed you to breathe. Oh yeah, I changed that narrative with my kids too. How was your day today? Oh, it was bad. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. There was some good in that. And so and even, then we focus on those bad moments to the point where we make it the narrative for the day. Exactly. So that leads me to my book that's, that I that I am come working on. on is um is is encouraging the reader to know that you can experience joy in the midst of mourning. You can experience joy that there is there that you are able you will have a you can see Jesus in it and so through every situation every um, um, journey high and low I I I really aim to see like okay God what are you doing in this time like what, okay what are you trying to teach me in this season um, what what can I mentally take note of mm-hmm. that you're going to use this for something else. And you know, for first off, I didn't want to be a testimony. I was like, another one? Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a testimony. But now I'm realizing I'm comfortable in the journey. I'm okay with it now. I for real trust him now. So really and he trusts you enough to be a testimony. He trusts me with trauma. He trusts me with trial. And wow, he trusts me. If you sit back and think that, wow, he thought enough of me to say, Have you tried my servant Brittany? And her kids and and her family. You know, because I, I know she's gonna handle it and I know how she's gonna handle it. Right, right. Cause let me tell you, I'm gonna worship him. I'm gonna my life it will be a life of worship for him. Yeah. And so I don't know if there's a last song. Did I have a last song on there? I don't know if Felicia sent it to you. Okay. Well, I, I would say this is it will be a CC whining song. Um what what Priscilla said. You have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And so, all my life, all of it, all of all it, of all, it, of all it, of it, all of it, the losses, the victories, all of it, all of it, all my life, He's been faithful. Even when I felt he disappointed me, when I felt he he didn't care about me, when I was like, Lord, at least the kids. But he knew that they could handle it. He knew they could. All my life. All my life. Well, Elder, I thank you for stopping by and sharing your soundtrack of loss. Yes. And it ended in victory. It all ended. It all and it always does. Yes. And so make sure y'all, you know, like, share, subscribe, and drop in the comment below some of the soundtracks of your life, the songs that consist of the loss, the triumphs, the things that you um, have gotten you through. Because songs minister to us, you know, whether they be secular or gospel, you know, they ain't always gospel. Um, but certain things minister to us based on where we are, and they help us get through moments. You know, um, I know for me, there are particular songs that I can trace when I hear, like, oh, I remember where I was when I heard this, and I remember yes. what I was going through and what I was feeling. Right. Yeah. So when my father passed, um, <laughs> oh, Lord. Is it a funny one? It is. The, the, sound, the soundtrack of my father passing is um, the second Fantasia album. 
Okay. That's that's just what had just came out when he what died. Was, what was that one called? Um, that's when I see you was on there. Okay. Um, my favorite song on there is "Surround You." You gotta listen to that. I don't know that I'm gonna one. play that after okay, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a good little energetic bar. Okay. But yeah, so it's and and so and music is what our culture revolves around. Mm-hmm. And so, um, have some musical therapy. You know, get you some. Yeah. You know what? That is dance. Therapy. Yes, dance, sing. yeah, sing if all it. If you can't, try. still, still sing because music is therapeutic, mm-hmm. and it, it just brings a different level of joy to my life. Yes. And so, write um, songs, yeah, right. Do do it all. Mm-hmm. But Elder Brittany, I want to thank you for stopping by. This is also my barber, you know, Lady. B- <laughs> Be the barber. Make you. Nah, if, if you are, How do we start at it? Don't be the barber. Make you. Because <laughs> you said I was your barber. You did. Yes, yes you I, are. I am a barber, um, licensed master barber in the state of Virginia. Um, the owner and operator of the Cutting Room um, VA, um, lo- located in the beautiful hill city of Lynchburg, Virginia. And so for all your um, fading and cutting needs, come see me. Um, it's by appointment only, but you can follow me currently um, on IG at the Cutting Room VA. And them appointments are sometimes hard to come by, but that means you booked and busy, so you know. Listen, we're, we're and a good barber you. is a busy barber. That's right. And a good barber is not a cheap barber. God bless you. That is also right. Amen. Amen. I Make went from getting my hair cut every week to you know every two weeks, sometimes once a month. But you, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, what you pay for. But when you do. Don't let you, do you notice the difference? I do. Uh, yeah, you know. Okay, I man, do. God bless you. <laughs> so we higher. <laughs> hot like them prices. But no, so we <laughs> love you. <laughs> we love you. We thank you for stopping by. Mm-hmm. And um you're gonna be on our gender roles episode. Oh, I can't wait for that oh, one. Oh, that's that's we're gonna that's, have a good time on that one. Whew, I'm a little nervous. Lady B. What is it? No, Barbara. What is it? Be the barber. Be, be the barber, make you all that's for that person. No, nobody say that, please. That was what I tr- I tried it. It didn't work Ooh, out. I tried, but sometimes I feel. You know, Lady B gave a femininity to Barbara, and I, I wanted everybody to know that, that you were a woman. That I'm a woman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lady B. Say. Amen. Lady Barbara, make you holler. <laughs> they, don't, they really don't sound good. Like you selling something else uh-huh. besides beer, but. Like, like, like uh, Brindley said, oh, yeah, that's what you get at the cutting room. We gotta love them. Yeah. I love you, Elder I thank you for stopping by thank and blessing our listeners. And we will see you on the the Gender Rose episode. But drop yes. your, you, you told them all your information, oh, how yes. to follow you, Definitely. all of your follow stuff. Follow me at the Cutting Room VA on IG. And you can see me on all outlets at Brittany T. Smith. And um, look forward to connecting with you and hearing your stories, your soundtrack of life. And this has been the soundtrack of Lost with Lady B, Elder Brittany. Yes. L- Lady B, Elder B. I keep forgetting it. Little B. Little B. Little B. Little B. I'm little now. I love y'all. Until the next time. Fat boy out.